Welcome to a podcast for the Krakoan mutant era with a distinctly black and queer lens. Every episode has a new guest, a single topic, and a ticking timer. This is X of Words. 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 Just we're calling that girl ugly. I mean, she is ugly. <laughs> she is ugly. I don't mean it, though. I mean, like, all God's children are wanted in Krakoa, but not. Something about her insides aren't right either. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Well, like her have... power manifested the ugly within to her without. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ooh. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of X of Words. Um, you're joining me, Ashley. As we do 10 minutes of mutant fun, fuckery, and shenanigans. Here for the fuckery. <laughs> so let me introduce you uh, to who's with me today. Uh, we've got a brand new guest. Yeah. All those, all those mm-hmm. sort of, you know, the brand new phrases, fresh off the lot, new car smell, conveyor belt, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Just imagine. You, know, you can get that scent like for your car. What? I don't know who wants their car to constantly smell like other people have been in it and not paid for it yet, but I mean, you can go for that. <laughs> so, Martin. <laughs> um, Martin, Martin, it's lovely to have you with us. Uh, for anybody else, you can follow Martin uh, on Mass Devotion. That's M-A-S-S-D-E-V-O-T-I-O-N. And yeah, Martin, tell us who you are. Say hi. Uh, hi, long-time X-Men fan, first-time caller, long-time listener, um, and let's get into trouble, because we're on the clock, aren't we? Not yet. This is your oh, time. Sh- oh, I like that. Shit. Feeling <laughs> <laughs> special? Have fun. I Have mean, fun with long-time X-Fan, um, I don't even know if I necessarily stand any single mutant anymore, but um, I'm here for seeing weird characters get more story time, so let's see how this plays out. Ash, yeah. take us away. Well, okay. So today, our question is, do we think Amal Farouk is right? Small background. In New Mutants 22, which is one of the more recent New Mutants, the team comes up against Shadow King, Amal Farouk, and he basically takes them through um, a library of fuckeries, yeah, (laughs) while telling them that they ain't shit. (laughs) Pretty much. Essentially. Um, and he makes a couple of points about everybody being too, being too soft and Krakoa making you too soft. And he thinks it's his job to harden everybody. So, and that lands us here with this question and a brand new guest. So now you know us. I am going to hit the timer and our 10 minutes starts. In fact, no, no, let me do this properly. Let me. Oh, okay. Let me christen your first episode properly. And the X starts now. Oh, all right. So, tell me what you think. I feel like Shadow King makes points. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the points come from the most benevolent of places. Um, uh, we already have seen and established the fact that he's very duplicitous. He's a little bit of a liar. But I think more important than that, what the New Mutant stories have started showing us recently was the fact that there's some context behind him being this giant Jabba the Hutt psychic <laughs> kind of yeah. uh, predator you know, thing. I feel yeah. like my first exposure to the Shadow King was either watching Storm's adopted African child run from him on the animated series or like Age of Apocalypse where he's like, Christina Aguilera, I'm a psychic in a bottle. You've got to rub me the right way, Apocalypse. 
Like those were really great moments, but it, I don't think they really hit at kind of the nature of how insidious he is. I mean, mm-hmm. why would he have to be in a bottle unless he was really fucking a problem? And on top of that, the broader concern, which we start to see in the mutants, which is this entity has been preying upon people for centuries, mostly like latent psychics or whatever. And um, the broader Krakoan theme, which is kind of in this, I don't want to cite too much Game of Thronesy, but Daenerys Game of Thronesy, I'm going to break the wheel. Mm-hmm. But what Krakoa is trying to do is break this wheel of, of trauma and victimization and the hunt for survival and all of the, the kind of made families that come as a byproduct of that, that lets all of that great characterization you saw throughout the Claremont runs and on afterwards. So I think the point he's trying to make is it's very good to kind of have a society as a byproduct of not having to survive. But I've seen this before. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I've yeah. seen the fall of Rome. I've seen the fall of Constantinople, et cetera. You know, it's a harken back to what um, Apocalypse said at that kind of economic summit meeting. Like, what happened at the end of the Bronze Age? I happened. <laughs> yeah. I ended the Bronze Age. You know, and when you have these long lived characters, somebody like that, somebody like an Exodus, who can speak to these these rhythms and this this cycle in which you know, people kind of ascend and they build these magnificent structures, but they may not have kept their eye on the barbarians at the gate. Yes. Or the descent within, he's saying, tighten up. And in that first issue, that first image of it, of the last issue, every single one of their threats psychically is attacking them at the same time. But it serves dual purpose. Actually, it serves triple purpose. We'll get to that later on. But the dual purpose is, first off, he's kind of putting the new mutants through their paces of, what would their circuits be? What would they do to respond? What would be the most effective thing? Now, yes. you could read this as being inherently benevolent. It's about trying to save the island, save mutant kind, but it's really all about protecting Shadow King, isn't it? What Do you think so? To be honest, yeah. I mean, his whole thing, his whole shtick has always been mental manipulation. It's always been kind of body swapping when we're speaking to it it's an entity so it's not as wedded to this notion of being you know corporeal bodies he's not tied to thinking of that as some sort of sanctified place and so he doesn't kind of treasure it and value it at the same level that other people who you know this is my body when i die i'm done yeah but now you're on an island of immortals functionally right yes well you have to keep the whole thing running if you want to live in a space where you have an abundance of hosts if you want to go down that path. But on top of that, you're yep. free from this notion of what happens to me every other time when these things fall apart. I'm kind of stuck and I'm wandering and I'm the whisper in the dark and the nightmares to the children who are traumatized mm-hmm. looking for something to rescue them. So I think he has this strange kind of freighted background of seeing himself through this kind of selfish lens of like, I have to survive. But he also is kind of a little Emma-ish when it's like, but it's for the children. I agree. I agree. Um, That was a deep gas. You were like, I'm not sure if I don't, I don't know if I agree totally, but let's, let's hear this. What do you got got from me, Ash? No, I do. I do. I do. I do. Um, I think we agree in loads of ways, but the only place where I think we differ is that you rooted it in him being self-serving. Okay. Whereas yeah. when I reread the issue, there wasn't even so much 
I didn't I didn't read too much self-serving from him but hand mm. hand hand in the air I wasn't a huge Amal Farouk fan like it's not like I have a massive library of all of his appearances and whatever character growth he oh, might yeah, yeah. have experienced I like I mm-hmm. experience him piecemeal as he appears and then as he is uh squashed and sent away to wherever he goes um mm-hmm. but in this particular issue basically I thought he was right that that was the thing. I I got Agreed. to the end of it. I got to the end of it sitting, and I thought he was right because usually his mental manipulations or the things that he does are about suffering or mm-hmm. inflicting some sort of pain or putting you in some horrible nightmare scenario. Whereas this was about mm-hmm. self preservation. He was trying to impress on them that you are not strong enough to protect yourselves yet, and it was the fact that mm-hmm. the projections that he was giving them were shared threats. Yeah, it was everything that they've come up against and everything they would come up against and that to me was the scary bit because how does he know about the Nimrod I think the thing that is also brilliant about what he was doing is something that I don't think they've been preparing for actively on any level in Krakoa which is kind of why I like Orcus and I don't like the notion that some people feel like Inferno needs to wrap up Orcus as a threat or whatever and you're hearing the writer say, that's not how this ends with uh, that kind of villain. Collaboration. When it, you kind of establish a collective between, when you've removed all of the mutant threats and said all the mutant threats, there may be some internal schism or whatever on the island or power struggles or whatever, but essentially the mission is still to make sure that we all don't die, right? Or yeah. enough of us don't die. We're not getting into the hay of who they want to survive and who doesn't get to survive. But when you put that aside, the thing that kind of seems to escape, um, maybe Moira, maybe Charles, but the villains are thinking like that because they come from that school. They come from, you know, they come out the mud. They're used to that sort of thing. They're looking at it like, look, people get together in dark rooms and make decisions about nations. Exactly. <laughs> and that was the thing. A lot of the, so a lot of the people who have pushed us forward, uh, mm-hmm. Moira, Apocalypse, mm-hmm. now I think... Shadow King mm-hmm. are people. I don't want to give him too so much of that easy. redemptive arc, though. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to make him too apocalypse. Like, yeah. I don't want to be like my that's family. True. That's, true. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. And but at the same time, all the past. <laughs> but at the same time, I think they've all they are all people who don't easily drink the Kool Aid, and I think that clarity has really helped push us and one of the big parts of his monologue in there was saying that he didn't think apocalypse carried it to the end and realistically when you take this thing that he's saying and you put it against the context of the fact that Krakoa is currently going up against a handful of serious fucking threats that Charles Moira X-Force and Wolverine are trying to tackle on their own Mm -hmm. it seems stupid because it's like when you actually reached out and when you actually, when you told the truth and when you let mutants come together and solve problems as a community, you could terraform planets. So explain to me why you are sending Domino, Wolverine, and that one in the hot pink pantsuit. <laughs> Quentin Quire. To, to fight Orcus time and time again, so much that they have a library of adamantium. So he's right. When I got to this mm-hmm. and I was like, he is right. He's trying to get everybody on board to fight these but, threats. 
That and, speaks to the core problem of Krakoa. Everybody wants to talk about the fact it's anti-democratic or whatever. And I'm like, it's not that. It's not. The problem of Krakoa is a lack of imagination. Well, and this, it so is, this is... No, here's the thing. Like, okay. I don't want to use Game of Thrones again as a framework. Okay. But I think of Queen of Thorns and her talking about Cersei. She said it wasn't the fact that I didn't know she was a monster. I didn't imagine that she would do what she did. The failure to imagine Ooh. roles for people in society. Oh, we out of time. So we got we, we got we got a minute. But yes, that I totally agree. That's something yes. that we've tapped on, we've tapped on in previous episodes about mm-hmm. the fact that every mutant that we've ever seen came from being a human. So they are li- they're limited mm-hmm. by that formative time. So Krakoa mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a reimagination from the ground up of what society could be. It's a small incremental push It's forward. an adaptation exactly. of human society. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it rides on this idea of sort of false, um, false parity and community when actually it's been shadow run by the two, two old white dudes and a white woman which is very like sort of 2020 concept of diversity. <laughs> I think one of the brilliant thematic things to wrap this up in one minute that the importance of Shadow King that I think it is, don't think it's emphasized enough in New Mutants and I think we could bring forward is the fact that this is the dude who's the inspiration behind why Xavier decided to form the school. This is why he has X-Men. His exposure to the fact that there is this circular trauma event He's the nightmare to the dream. You know what I'm saying? He's the dark aspect of the dream. The fact that you may not be accepted into this. And historically, all these horrible things can happen to you. So how do you respond? And that's what he's doing in New Mutants. He's saying, historically, all this can happen to you. And how are we going to respond? And has. It's not just about can. It's has. Right. (laughs) Wow. So I love those moments. I do. I, I, me too. And so I really hope the end of New Mutants isn't so much casting him away as an errant, uh, as an errant bad dream or an errant. You can't cancel him. Exactly. I hope they can't go 40 feet tall and be like, look, I'm no more. It is. (laughs) 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 Gene snatching up people by the back of the neck. Come on, Um, Jabba the psychic. This ain't it. (laughs) (laughs) But I hope, I hope they continue to do what they've done in this run so far which is synthesize and learn from those people who they used to ignore and other. In you this... can learn a lot from your problematic people. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And listen, there's no better way to end this episode than that. You can learn a lot from your problematic people. Thank you so much. <laughs> Shout outs to Chappelle, trash. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, very much that, very much that. Um, thank you, Martin. Um, thank you for being here. It was an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Uh, thank you, everybody who's been listening. I've been Ashley. I've been alive. <laughs> wow. Big tone shift. Oh, I'm joking. It's been a rough couple of weeks. I've been Martin. I've been an, an active listener and an appreciative student. Thank you for having me on. Anytime. Anytime. And this has been X of Words. <laughs> Someone that choke, someone that fit aside.